What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Step Back, a Mavs podcast. Right now, step back. I like this TK. TK. I like this TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move daily, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30. Don't gotta ask him, got Chris Stapps. Coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Set that I'm rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps. Looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking heads. Dang, I relax. Still at the champ. Diva still coming with the calibers flow. The master best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the GOAT. This gang get cold. Yeah, you might need a coach, your friends turn into your foe But I'ma just roll, gotta keep rolling your boat Yeah, I swear I give them hope, I say I'm cleaner than the soap This time of year proves who a really single float for Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson Dirk at the ball, you Welcome in everybody to another edition of the Step Back of Mavs Podcast uh, I'm Dalton Trigg and I'm here with my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Galatson I know y'all just heard that new uh, custom intro we got our guy Andrew Bishop to make for us, aka Drew Pock. Matt, that is that was fire as always. The guy he he never disappoints us. He jumped on that as soon as uh, we got the news that Dennis Smith Jr. was traded to the Knicks for uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis. What do you think, man? That thing just melted my face off. Uh, <laughs> how good is he, man? That's crazy. Like, I, he sent us the beat a couple hours before he did the the uh, the track for it or whatever. And man, it was so good. I was shocked. Like, that's two in a row that he's just absolutely killed and spit out Godzilla flames. And I'm so happy he, about it. Drew Pock is two for two on step back podcast flamethrowers and i i hope our listeners appreciate this guy i mean he we consider him part of the crew now i mean he's hopefully going to be doing this for us for a long time you know unless he gets too big and leaves us in the dust which we would we would understand if that happens but we consider him (laughs) we consider him part of the team and i mean uh he just does a great job so we're gonna just jump right into it, Matt. We, uh, the Mavs got a 99-93 win over the Charlotte Hornets at home. Luca had a triple double, despite only shooting five of twenty from the field. But the biggest news that just shocked everybody and caused me to not even hardly pay attention in the second half was uh, the news drop that Harrison Barnes got traded mid-game. That is, that was just that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. What, what were you thinking when that happened? I mean, I didn't expect it. Obviously, I mean, this is the second time in a week that they've made a massive trade, and we haven't been able to pay attention to a game. Um, but in the middle of a game, I don't think I've ever seen that before. 
I mean, at least in Dallas. I don't know about you, but that that's just kind of bizarre, don't you think? I mean, were they in that's talks a- before the game? Were they in talks, like, did they start the conversation during the game? Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, how that came to be, but... Well, that that was definitely a first for me. I've I've never I've never seen anybody get traded during a game, not in real time, especially for the Mavs. But no, that I I think these talks have you know it's like I I sent out a tweet earlier, but uh, Fish was telling us last week that uh, a couple of teams were planning to call the Mavs uh, today, uh, Wednesday, before the the trade deadline about Harrison Barnes. And then, uh, you know, the news came out that the Kings were one of those teams. Sure enough, they called today. And uh, so these talks were ongoing throughout the day. And I'm sure that, you know, they had spoke on it on some level before this game started. But, uh, I mean, I don't think it's something they just they came together during the game and everything got done at one time. They just agreed to it. I'm sure the Mavs meant for the news or they hope that the news didn't leak so they could just announce it after the game but man it's hard to keep that stuff from shams and Woj. <laughs> well sure but i mean had had they agreed to it before the game or whatever it had that have been the case then barnes would not have been playing in the game so they had to have at least finalized it during the game oh, i saw yeah, i saw yeah, a tweet yeah. somewhere um i think it was chris henderson that tweeted it that he said that he saw a video of donnie on the on his phone during the game. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to see that video or what, but it's it's interesting to think about. Like, as soon as they finalized the deal in principle, they just yanked him off the floor, I'm sure. But that's just crazy still. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I think the deal was made, you know, in-game. But just the talks of it, I don't think they started talking about it, you know, while the game, I think there were talks of it beforehand. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Mavs got a sense that something wouldn't really materialize, so they didn't, you know, uh, they didn't bench Barnes or anything like that. But when it happened, they benched him. And uh, knowing how tight-lipped the Mavs are about stuff like this, you have to think it was somebody on Sacramento's side that leaked it, and it just I don't know it it made a made a little bit of a mess for him but uh this is big for dallas this oh, uh, go, going into the summer it's huge uh fish tweeted out a while ago that uh this opens up a little over 30 million dollars in cap space this summer now and they they might not be done making moves you know we still got till we've got till tomorrow at two o'clock i believe yeah it's two o'clock central time uh three o'clock Anyway, it's 2 o'clock Central Time, I believe. Yeah, so we still have some moves that are a move that could be made. Uh, my thinking uh, in regards to Dwight Powell, maybe, and trying to either add another player uh, that they that they want going forward, or even if it's just like a salary dump type of deal. But you maybe, mentioned... Yeah, you mentioned... Sorry, I was just going to say, maybe it's a player that, you know... They think they might want that they're going to test out and still an expiring, and if it doesn't work out, then you know they go a separate way, take a risk. Well, that that was going to lead me to my next point because we were just kind of talking before we got set up here, and you ran a very very interesting idea 
across. Uh, you, you put it on the table. I want you to put that out there for our listeners. So, okay, going into the summer, the Mavericks, like we said, now have $30 million in cap space. But they can still potentially move off of another $9.6 million in Dwight Powell, who has opportunity to opt in for his... Uh, Set for the last year of his contract is with a player option. So my idea that I dropped to you was Dwight Powell and the expiring contract of JJ Barea, just to help you know make the money match. Or you could even use his um, disabled player exception for I think it's one point eight million. The money might still work there. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, on. On trade NBA, that I'm not, I can't use that, so I'm not sure if it works or not. But um, you trade that to the Pelicans for uh, Nikola Miritich, who is on a 12.5 million dollar expiring deal. He's a stretch shooting big, you know, power forward can do a lot of different things that the Mavericks really need, and. If it doesn't work, you can just move him off the books this summer and say, hey, see you later. Or if you like what you see and it works well and it becomes a good marriage, you still have the money to sign your big, you know, your big go after Clay Thompson or, you know, Middleton or whatever you want to do and then bring him in as, you know, another piece of your team to, to help challenge immediately for the West with a 20-year-old and a 22-year-old or 23-year-old leading your team? Well, here, here's the thing. I absolutely love that idea because, you know, you could bring him in and you could you could either start him at the four and he gives you kind of like a like a dirt type of mold. I mean, he's, he's a traditional stretch four. Uh, you could bring him off the bench. He'd be a better three-point shooting version of Dwight Powell, pretty much. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna finish a bunch of lobs, but uh, he's a more efficient scorer. Uh, that the bench, you know, could definitely use that for the Mavs. But uh, I saw something earlier in the day about the Philadelphia 76ers being interested in Miritich and. It got me wondering, you know, if they decided to, I'm not exactly sure what they could send back to New Orleans, but say it was a package that included Markel Fultz. I mean, you'd have to think that the Pelicans would prefer that over Dwight Powell and, you know, uh, whatever else fits that deal. No, yeah, sure. I mean, this is strictly from a Mavs perspective. I mean, if you wanted to, um, you could... Well, I mean, let's think about it. The 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 Pelicans are retooling. They're obviously going to move on from Anthony Davis. Um, they're going to start tanking. They're going to want to get Zion Williamson. They're going to want to acquire as many assets as possible. So you know, maybe they don't want to just you know take Dwight Powell or whatever since they already have Julius Randle on the books. I'm just saying the money matches, and for a team that's trying to tank on a guy that's expiring anyway, you know. They're they're not going to be good next year. Dwight Powell's a an asset they could use going forward as expiring money. He's also a young player that still has a lot of upside, in my opinion. So you know, you never know what you could do. You could 
if you wanted to, I, I wouldn't like to do this, but since they just got Trey Burke, maybe you could throw in Jalen Brunson instead, and that's a young asset, or you could throw in a second-round pick or something that, you know, entices them a little bit more to get that done. Well, uh, after tonight, and I mean, obviously you don't want to you don't want to put too much stock into something out of out of first impressions, but if they had to part with with Trey Burke, yeah, I, my feelings wouldn't be super hurt over it. I mean, I I like the guy. Uh, I think he could potentially be uh, like a spark plug coming off the bench for for this team, kind of like how JJ Bray is. You just you wrote a piece on that exact uh, scenario for DallasBasketball.com here recently and. Uh, but like I said, if if you get a player like Miritich and you can you can you have to part with a player you just got in a trade that's on his level, I I think you have to do it. Well, here's the problem with that, and it's it's kind of a thing that I recently discovered um, while messing around with these trade uh, engines or whatever you want to call them. So Trey Burke, um, and the same goes for Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway too. If for whatever reason you decided you wanted to move one of them. Since they just got traded to the to to Dallas, um, they cannot be moved as part of a in conjunction with other players from the same team. So for example, if you wanted to do uh, Dwight Powell and Trey Burke together for Miritich, you can't do that. I got you. So unfortunately that's off the table. Um, you could trade him by himself for something else, but as of now, that's not that's just not something they can do. Well, I, I'm still I'm still processing this. Every time something happens, and you're you're just you want to give your immediate reactions, and you know there's still so many things just moving through my head right now. But uh, we'll, with Harrison Barnes going to Sacramento, I know I know you have, and I have too. We've We've had our times this year where Harrison Barnes has, you know, really frustrated us with his style of play. But, you know, just just him leaving now and how he left, uh, what, what, are you, what are your lasting thoughts of Harrison Barnes going to be? Uh, he's a really class dude, uh, perfect professional. I, I really – there's nothing about him personally that I ever disliked. I mean, he, he's – Always been super, super cordial with the media. Always been really easy to talk to. Um, conducted himself truly like a professional. On the court, he was more frustrating for me because uh, of his kind of tunnel vision, black hole mentality that he kind of had that seemed to happen more this year, I feel like, than... I mean, I don't know about how you feel about it, but it seemed to me that it happened more this year than it did uh, the last he couple was- years. He was definitely pressing more this season uh, than he had the, the last few seasons, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he when he came to Dallas, he was the guy. Uh, the Mavs were in a situation where they were really kind of desperate. They threw the money at him. Kevin Durant chose to go to Golden State, which allowed them to throw that money at Barnes to steal him away. Uh, he instantly became the guy, and then he was—he took another step last year. Well, then this year, with Luka coming in and clearly taking over as the Mavericks' best player, Barnes had to take a back seat, 
And, I mean, the more Luka has grown throughout this season, it seems like the, the more Harrison Barnes, his role diminished. And I th- I think it was more like a, almost like a desperation. It felt like he was playing with a lot of desperation. He was just, uh, he was just really pushing and almost trying to hold on to, you know, being that guy he was the previous two seasons. He just didn't, as much as we talked about Dennis when he was here, uh, adjusting to a role, playing more off the ball and everything, and having trouble with that. I would argue that Barnes has had more trouble adjusting to his secondary role uh, with the Mavericks this season. Which is kind of bizarre considering that's, I mean, he was in a like a third or fourth option role in, in Golden State. So what, what bothered me and what, what, what's probably going to bother Sacramento too is and he kind of did this before this year. I just I guess I just noticed it more this year since, you know, we were more vocal about pointing it out and looking for it. But once he touched the ball, it always seemed like, all right, now it's time for me to go score because that's what he's been used to the last couple of years. And you're right, I think it was really hard for him to to kind of shift and and become more of a spot-up, uh, you know, outside shooter with with Luca in the primary role, and that's got—I mean—that's got to be a tough adjustment. And you—you you you kind of got a feel for the guy because when he was brought in, he—he he was kind of thought of because when—I mean—he was what twenty-four when, when they brought him in, twenty-five, yeah, something like that. So you know, they were kind of thinking of him as him as like the beginning of this new young core, and he probably had a really good feeling about that. And then as yeah. soon as all these things started changing, he kind of came in to this season like, okay, I. St- I still got to prove myself that I'm the best guy on the team and that I'm the best option for this team moving forward and I can be that number one guy, but he just wasn't. And it just started getting progressively worse and worse and worse. Well, you mentioned that he was the third or fourth guy. He was really the fourth guy, fourth or fifth guy on that on that Warriors team. And so, I mean, yeah, he had been in that situation before, but when you when you get that money, when you secure the bag, so to speak, and you're in Dallas and you're the man for two seasons, and then all of a sudden this dude just comes out of nowhere. Well, he didn't come out of nowhere, but, I mean, he comes in. He's uh, living up to expectations and more than that, you know, in his first season. And it's really – it really just pushed him further down the pecking order – a lot sooner than what he probably thought it would. So, I mean, w- when you're the guy for that long, I don't care who you are. That's human nature. I mean, you obviously you're going to feel like you need to press a little bit. and uh, I mean, it's just hard. I mean, he's a good dude. Like you said, he's, he's the classiest guy you, you'll ever meet. Uh, the Dallas community will miss him more than anything. You know, yeah, he's, he, was, he, he was great for the community. He's given so much back to the community. He's been... He's been just as much, if not more, to the community than, you know, as far as giving back uh, as Dirk has over the years, in my opinion. Uh, Not near as long as Dirk, but that's how much effort, you know, he put into it. Uh, But branching off of that, I want to read this tweet that just came up. Uh, Bobby Marks, he, he tweeted out, 
if Dallas constructs the Harrison Barnes trade by using the Wes Matthews exception, which was, you know, created in the, the Porzingis deal, Dallas would create a $21.3 million trade exception. The trade exception would be the largest in NBA history. The next biggest one was 17.8 created when Orlando sent Dwight Howard to the Lakers. Wait, what? Yeah. $23.1 million trade exception? 21.3. Sorry, 21.3? But still, it would be the, the, the largest trade exception in NBA history. What do you do so, with that? I, I don't. You want Kevin Love? <laughs> like, like seriously though, you could you could use JJ Barea's expiring contract and a twenty twenty one point three million dollar trade exception, and go get like an Otto Porter level contract. Yep. I I don't I, want that right now, but like, I don't either. That's by the nuts. way, by the way, shout out to the Chicago Bulls for for pulling the trigger on that earlier because the Kings they they were eyeing Otto Porter Jr. and Harrison Barnes, and then once uh, once Chicago pulled the trigger, sent Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis uh, sent those two players for uh, Otto Porter Jr. You kind of figured that there was going to be a little bit more traction with. Dallas and Sacramento. So shout out to the Bulls for getting this thing started. But yeah, that 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 twenty one point three million trade exception. I, I don't even know where to start with. I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more. Uh, but they have a year. They have a year to use it if it happens. Uh, and it says if it says if Dallas constructs the Harrison Barnes trade by using the West Matthews exception, which I mean it it would have to if it's just Zach Randolph and. Uh, Justin Jackson coming back. For yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking when it happened because the 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 difference in their money is if you add the salaries from the guys from Sacramento is about around twelve million. So you'd have to use that exception because that's too big of a gap um, between their contracts. But unless unless those are just the pieces that we know are going right now, and maybe there's something else going later um, when it becomes official. I don't know, but. Dude, that's well, crazy. Is, Donnie Nelson's got to win GM of the year if that happens, right? Donnie is absolutely on fire right now. He is putting in work. It started in June and it hasn't stopped. I mean, he is just he is he's on fire right now. There's really nothing else you can say about it. and he still might not be done. You know, like like I said, he he might come out tomorrow and trade Dwight Powell for something or uh, there's no telling with him right now but he's definitely taking initiative uh the Mavericks are going in a different direction which is good we all saw it they needed to uh the players they had in place just just weren't working uh you've got to build around Luka you know you've got to you've got to put players around him uh that'll enable him to perform to his full potential and you got it you know it's like tim hardaway jr he had a he only shot five of 16 in the game tonight uh against charlotte he had 12 points four rebounds and i think most of that was just nerves with him he, he seemed very nervous starting out the game but 
you could just tell like the energy he plays with and you know his first points as a maverick was a really nice lob from luca for an alley-oop it just seems like he's going to be a really good fit uh next to luca which is something you couldn't say the same for Wes matthews i mean it's just a completely different dynamic and i'm excited that donnie nelson in the front office has decided to completely uproot this thing and go in a different direction i'm, I'm really excited for the future well do you remember how frustrated we were i can't remember, i think it was whoever they played right before detroit um not not new york obviously but like the last home game I can't remember off the top of my head who that was. But uh, it might have been Detroit. I mean, uh, it might have been uh, Toronto. Is that right? I think it was Toronto. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, we were just, like, they trotted out the same starting lineup of Dennis and Wes and Harrison and Luca and DeAndre that had won seven of 18 or you know there were seven and 11 together and they they had the lowest net rating in the nba or something like that or close to it right and we were just like man this is going to be the team I'm, this is the team i'm going to have to watch for the next 32 games or 33 games or whatever it was and it was so frustrating and then literally a week later they've traded four out of their five starters and have completely like you said uprooted the entire thing and, and gotten themselves a young future unicorn superstar in Chris Tabs Porzingis, $30 million in cap space to use this summer, potentially a $21.3 million trade exception. <laughs> and eight months ago, they got the rookie of the year in another huge trade that was pulled off by Donnie Nelson. Well, and... They got Jalen Brunson too in that draft. Which oh is, yeah, let's he, not forget Jalen Brunson either, <laughs> dude. Like he, he's going to turn out to be one of the biggest steals of the draft, considering where he was picked. You know, they pretty much everybody that's picked in that range. You know, their team wants uh, they want to say that oh well he should have been a first round pick. He should have been. Well, Jalen Brunson. I mean, I I don't think there were I don't think there's any BS to that. I think he. Really should sorry. Have been a, breaking what? news. Breaking news. What? What's going on? Uh, Fish literally just tweeted at eleven uh, twenty six p.m. as we're recording this that a source has told DallasBasketball.com that the Mavericks are juggling roster post trade roster spots post trade and plan to release backup center Solid Measury. Hmm. I don't know how Luke is going to feel about that, but does this mean? We're about to have a Ray Spalding reunion. No, because they're they're sending they're they're already at fifteen players on the roster before the trade. So and that's the max you can have on the roster. So <sighs> come on, man. Uh, let's so release. I, I, th- I think they need to 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 make this trade go through. They need to release Measury and then bring in Jackson and Zebo and then. Potentially, they could buy out Zebo and bring back Measury, or they could bring back Ray Spalding. I think they would probably bring back Measury just to make Luca happy. Because I mean, what is that really? He's he's just a piece on the roster. Well, at this point, I you know getting Porzingis, I really don't know if you know keeping Measury around is going to be that big of a deal. 
Uh, I know he's Luca's friend, but I mean, I I don't know if that'd be that big of a deal or not. But uh, I don't know. I just really want him to bring back race balding, and I know it's probably not going to happen. But I I would rather them just buy out Zebo or send him back to Memphis, like you said. I don't know how that would work. I guess they just have to buy him out and him go back there and retire. But yeah, I, really I think wanted... what would happen would be that they would buy him out and then he could then he could go sign somewhere else. And I think he would probably go sign in Memphis and then retire. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I've I've had a couple of uh, I tweeted out a while ago. Like, what do you do with that that size of a trade exception that the Mavs are potentially going to create here? And uh, um, Tyler Adams here on Twitter, he he talked about uh, next season, you know, after the Mavs are pretty much capped out with whatever they do this summer, whether they, you know, go out and sign Cousins or Vucevic or whoever they end up with this summer, uh, you know, they could take this trade exception into next season and potentially absorb, you know, a, a big contract next season when they're already capped out as a, a salary dump type deal so to make that's a real a, push right so that that's an option too it is but let's go back to this measury thing for a second um here's my question why don't you release broke off hmm I, I i feel i feel like measury has more can, has more potential to have an impact especially especially since you just traded deandre and you're in Porzingis is is out, and you're a little bit short on big guys. Wouldn't it make more sense to to release Brokov unless you're gonna release Measury and then buy out Zebo and then re-sign Measury? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, in in a way it would, because I mean you've especially if you plan on uh, keeping Trey Burke, because uh, I mean you've you've got you've got added shooting now. You've got uh, Trey Burke, you've got Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, you just added Justin Jackson, who I'm I, I'm sure they're going to keep around. Uh, we were talking about this before we got on, but he's got two more seasons of, uh, or the Mavs could have two more seasons of contractual control after this season, with uh, 2021 being a team option. Obviously, that's the summer. Giannis is going to be a a free agent. And he'd be making uh, Justin Jackson would be making five million that season, so they could always decline that if they needed to. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that goes. But you know they added him too, so that's some extra Co- shooting. Courtney Lee's a bomber. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a really good three point shooter. He didn't play tonight, but yeah, and he uh, hasn't been shooting great this year. But I think the Knicks were just totally dysfunctional all the way around. I think the new scenery is going to help him because yeah, so, he shoots around forty percent for his career. So I, I would agree with that. I, you know, either Measury or broke off one. You know that that that's the two odd men out there. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. I mean, at least the parts that we could actually focus on. What 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 are your thoughts on the Mavs? They're they're twenty five and twenty eight now. They've won five of their last seven. I mean, uh, they seem to have turned this thing around. It, they had to grit their teeth a little bit to get this one, get this one pushed through. But 
they're playing good basketball right now. The defense is incredible. I mean, imagine that. You're playing Maxie and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith extended minutes. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on uh, how the defense has performed and how they can perform in these last 30 games? Well, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, they've won two games and almost won a third in Detroit with, with a makeshift roster. And Luka um, didn't play. And Luka didn't play in that game. So I, I think that it's going to be tough uh, to, to really to make a push with all these new pieces, and there's going to be some inconsistencies and chemistry issues just on the floor. I mean, that's natural when you have such massive roster turnover. But also when you've got a guy like Luka, anything's possible. You know, he was, like you said, he was 5 of 20 tonight shooting, but he had a triple-double. Like, how many players in the NBA can do that? Like, I mean, there, there's not that many, so. It's one of his biggest plus sides. He Even if his shot isn't falling, he's still going to do what he needs to do. You know, he's going to contribute in one way. He had 11 assists, 10 rebounds. He got to the free throw line nine times, hit seven of them. I mean, he's just, he's a basketball player. And he was a plus nine. He was five of 20 from the field. Two of ten from three, and he was a plus nine, which was the second highest on the team. the 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 highest was Dwight Powell. Yeah, Powell played great. Um, I, I liked a lot of the things that that Tim Hardaway did. Also, even though his, like you said earlier, his shot was a bit off. Um, you know, Brunson was pretty good. Um, let's see, let's look at this stat. Dorian Finney-Smith, I mean, how can we forget him? He had a double-double. Um, he was great on defense, too. Dirk had some had eight, really thunderous dunks. Yeah, Dirk had eight points off the bench. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot right now. It, they've got Luka and a lot of role players. Which So it's going to be tough for them to win a lot of games, especially when they get back to playing the West. But for right now, yeah. It's looking pretty good. I, I I think that they're going to be a feisty team. Anytime you got Luka, you're going to be a feisty team. And, the, and the, you know, these these new guys want to come in and prove they have a role on the team. So I think that's going to help them a lot too, especially especially Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, he's been, he's been moved around a lot, and I think he really wants to find a home somewhere. And I, th- I think that the, he could probably make a convincing case to make to make Dallas that long-term place. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the the biggest the biggest plus, in my opinion, like I said before, is like how how good of defense they're playing. Because you look at the last four games, like ever since they lost to the Raptors, and starting with the next game, which they still had, you know, Dennis and all them, but they gave up ninety points to the Knicks on the road. They gave up 93 points in a close loss to the Pistons on the road without Luka playing. They gave up 98 points in a 13-point win at Cleveland, which, again, Cleveland's not a good team, but 98 points given up in today's NBA is, like, uh, it's really, really good. And then tonight, you play Kimball Walker and the Hornets, who are, you know, they're just as, they're, they're fighting for a, spot in the playoffs in the east and they hold them to 93 points so i mean i I think you've really 
we we've seen it all year and we've we've advocated for it. We we wanted to see more of Kleba and uh Finney Smith. And you know, the front office has made it now to where Rick Carlisle he has no choice. He has to play them extended minutes now. And I think it's really showing on the defensive end. And you know, they'll they'll play the Bucks next, which the last time uh they played the Bucks, they couldn't get anything to go, so We'll see how it goes this time around. They are playing them at home, but I, I have a good feeling about the end of this season. I think that they can find a way uh, to make it really interesting for that last playoff spot. Yeah, uh, this Bucks game kind of scares me. I mean, who's going to guard? I mean, I'm going to miss Harrison Barnes in some certain respects. You know, his offense drove me crazy at some points, but. He was always a really solid defender who could who could defend, you know, bigger wings and and players. Um, not maybe not like Giannis because there's nobody like Giannis but Giannis. But he would have been the primary guy on on uh, on him. So now that's going to have to be Dorian. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I love Dorian well, as a defender, but he's still real young. You know. Here's my here's the thing about Harrison Barnes' defense. He's a good defender, and he, you know, he had been good this year too. He, he's strong. He can, uh, if he goes up against other small forwards, he has a a really good advantage in the strength department. But in my opinion, and I mean, I'd, I'd have to look up the stats on this, but just in my opinion, and you know, using the eye test, it feels like whatever he contributes on the defensive end. He takes away a lot of that on the offensive end because there's so many possessions that it feels like are just wasted, uh, that were wasted because he, like you mentioned before, the tunnel vision. He just he would drive with nothing else on his mind except he's gonna try and put the ball in the hoop, and there were a lot of time more times than not it didn't work out for him this year, and it led to. Uh, some wasted possessions. So I think they'll miss him on the defensive end, but I think they'll be fine because they're playing Finney Smith more. They're playing Maxie more. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., just from what I saw tonight, I mean, he doesn't look like a scrub on the defensive end. He's really athletic, really quick. Uh, I I think they'll be fine, and I I expect them. A lot of people with all these moves – assume that well maybe they're maybe the Mavs are starting to tank the rest of this season I honestly think they're going to be better than they were earlier in this season and I mean they're 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 three games out in the loss column uh for that eight seed you know they're behind the Clippers the Clippers just traded Tobias Harris their best player to Philadelphia so you're essentially competing with the Lakers who are an absolute mess right now, and the Sacramento Kings, who you just traded Harrison Barnes to, you're you're essentially fighting with those two teams in Minnesota for that eight seed. Well, you just mentioned something that I want to go back to real quick about them being better. Um, I agree to an extent. I mean, I, I think that they have a ceiling on that, um, but – as far as the players that they just got back in this Porzingis trade for this season, 
one also as you mentioned earlier i wrote that piece about trey burke and how he fits i still think he could be a really good fit with the roster i know he only played four minutes in this game but i think he is a lot of high upside to kind of fill a berea type role but the one that i really want to talk about is i want to go back to tim hardaway jr that dude has <clears throat> he's a more athletic better shooting probably better defending at this point in in their respective career careers uh, version of west matthews but he's not going to fall into that as you wrote he's not going to fall into that you know try to do too much type thing that that west matthews did alongside with harrison barnes i mean you, you wrote about that in your article a couple days ago and he's he's always been very good about fitting into his role and doing exactly what a team asks him to do and he's going to help luca a whole lot being the most probably the most athletically gifted shooting guard they've had since what michael finley i would say so so i mean that's a huge thing to have and then you got you know the other guys that are still there and you don't have the deandre standing around on defense and you don't have the west matthews firing up bricks and you don't have Harrison's tunnel vision and that's a lot of inefficiencies that you're getting out of your lineup I saw somebody tonight during the game say that Hardaway Jr. is going to be the Mavs new version of what Monte Ellis was and that's interesting I can I can kind of agree with that I mean he's, he's going to be a spark plug like that but he's bigger you know he, he he's a bigger version of that if that's what he's going to be but uh what I like about him is just the the team aspect he brings he doesn't you know his first game as a Mav after being a starter all season with the Knicks he came off the bench tonight only played about 25 26 minutes or so and I mean he I mean he was fine with it I mean he's he's out there diving on the floor for loose balls and just energetic from start to finish when he's out there and that's the kind of guys that that the Mavs need uh not not players that are you know on an expiring deal and they're uh, it kind of feels like they're they're playing for their next contract more than what's in the best interest of the team so I mean that that's what I'm really excited for I was excited by his debut tonight and I think he's going to be a instant fan favorite yeah I mean, he's, he's, I was very impressed, like, with, you know, obviously his shot numbers weren't great, but I was, I was really impressed with the kind of things that he did, and frankly, the (laughs) limited time I spent watching the game because of all this stuff that went down, I kind of lost control of what was going on in my brain, but. I'm still trying to process it, I, there's still a lot, I don't know, we might, we might finish recording this and go listen back and say what the heck are we talking about but I, I don't know i'm still processing all of this no, i mean we might get back on here we might get back on here on on thursday um but I, going back to going back to hardaway i really i the more i think about it i really do like that monte ellis comparison i mean it and not just because of the the number he is wearing number eleven like Monte did, but no, 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 yeah, not just because of the number, but because of the you know he's 
he can create his own shot. He can he can hit from deep. He can drive to, he can drive to the lane. He can play a little defense too when he wants to, and he plays really really hard. And to be honest, he he kind of strikes me as the same kind of professional on and off the court that maybe not to the extent that Harrison Barnes is because that's that's a really tough person to measure up to in that regard. But as, as far as you know, character and team guy, he seems like a really really good teammate and and I think he and Trey Burke both being Michigan guys are, are going to be you know I think they played together at Michigan and you know then they played together in New York and now they're here together I think that relationship's going to help both of them as well well and not a you talk about him being a team guy and Harrison Barnes I think he really is as far as being a good locker room presence he's a really good team guy too but on the court his style of play, I don't know. Like, for example, he just to show you the difference between him and what Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to bring, Harrison Barnes is averaging 18 points this year and four rebounds and one assist per game. And, you know, he's, he's been shooting the ball really well from three, 39%. Well, you look at Tim Hardaway Jr., he's averaging 19 points per game this season and three assists per game. Uh, well, almost four rebounds, too. So he's averaging more points, about the same rebounds, and he's averaging almost three times as many assists per game as what Barnes is. So he can share the ball, too. And averaging nearly three assists on that New York team, you know, while also jacking up seven threes a game, and I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I think he's gonna, he's gonna. The more comfortable he gets, he's really like I wrote the other day. You can go to DallasBasketball.com and read it, but I, I really think Hardaway Jr. is gonna be the big underrated piece of this Porzingis trade, and Porzingis is gonna be amazing. Him and Luca are gonna be amazing, but I think this is gonna be one of those underrated pieces here. He's gonna be a glue guy. Yeah, no, he's going to be that that fourth or fifth guy on a roster that that puts you over the top that LeBron James never had in Cleveland that he could have you know really used there towards the end. Yeah, and, and he he's only no. twenty six years old too, and I mean he he's basically on the same contract that Wes was on, and Wes I believe he's thirty two going on thirty three, but. Uh, it it doesn't hurt near as bad with Hardaway Jr. going forward. No, it doesn't. And also, to 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 come to Wes's defense a little bit, um, aside from the age thing, he was never the same player after that Achilles. And um, the Mavericks did, you know, they took a risk and you know signing him after that, and it didn't work out. With with Hardaway, they don't have to worry about that. He's got a clean bill of health. He's a better athlete. He's a better shooter. So, you know, maybe he's what they kind of envisioned when they signed Wes, or or what they wanted when they took that risk. What they you know what they gambled on. And right. This is going to be a younger version of that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Fish mentioned this the other day too. Let's let's not. I'm not going to get too carried away with it. Obviously, the Mavs took on Hardaway Jr. and Lee 
they took on those contracts so they could give the the Knicks some cap space. Uh, you know that it, it was it was unwanted salary to them, but I think that Lee more so than Tim Hardaway Jr. was more of a pill to swallow than. Uh, like I said, I, Lee's more of a pill to swallow for the, for the Mavs than uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Given what he's, what I think he's gonna produce for them, but you know, it's like the it's like today or tonight when when they traded Barnes though, uh, the Knicks gave up Porzingis, their franchise player. They gave up Tim Hardaway Jr., who was averaging almost twenty points a game for them. Uh, and still has, you know, two years after this year on his contract. Just so, basically just so they could have Dennis Smith Jr. and a bunch of cap space. And then, so they send all this money to the Mavs. And then a few days later, the Mavs make a deal with the Kings for Harrison Barnes. And looky there, the Mavs have over $30 million in cap space again. So, I mean, it's, we mentioned Donnie just being on fire earlier. I don't know what else you can say about it. He, he's doing everything possible to make this team a contender as soon as possible. I, I don't know what to say about Donnie, man. He's, he's got to be GM of the year. He's got to win that award, you would think, at this point. Who else wins it? Uh, I don't depending, know. Depending on what happens in Philadelphia, Elton Brand might have an argument because he he got Jimmy Butler and he got Tobias Harris and he got the superhuman Boban. If they can make a push, maybe that's but that's the only guy you can really you can really say can contend with Donnie at this point because Donnie has literally changed the entire trajectory of this franchise in eight months. He really has, and like we said, he's he's still not done either. Uh, even if they don't do something before the trade deadline tomorrow, you still have the buyout market uh, after that. And Mark Cuban made some comments. Uh, I think it was at the the Porzingis Hardaway Jr. press conference, or the new player press conference the other day. Uh, I don't know if it was during the conference or afterwards or what, but he made the comments that uh, the buyout market would be, uh, that would be something they were going to look into, especially since they're not going to be tanking. Uh, So I don't know what you envision there, but one name I'm keeping an eye on is uh, Wayne Ellington. Uh, That could be interesting. Because there were some rumors about the Mavs being interested in him uh, you know, a month or so ago, and then today he was traded to Phoenix. Uh, Miami sent Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington to Phoenix for Ryan Anderson, which I don't understand that. It seems like a lateral move for both of them. But anyway, uh, it's yeah, being speculated. <laughs> it's being speculated that Wayne Ellington is going to be bought out. So if they had interest in him earlier. Uh, that might be something to keep an eye on. Are there any other buyout candidates you can think of off the top of your head that the Mavs might be interested in? I mean, I honestly have no idea. I don't know who's 
who's really gonna? I mean, I don't obviously I would want them to do do something like bring bring Wes or DeAndre back. Um, if they're interested, if they're interested, we talked about Anthony Tolliver earlier. Uh, there was some, there was a rumor about the Mavs being interested in him, and I think there, I think the same rumor came up last year. I think they were interested in adding him last year too, when he was on the Pistons. Uh, but actually. Sorry, I actually just came across a name that is more interesting than Anthony Tolliver. I want to run by you real quick. Um, Who you got? So, we all know the Knicks are on a fire sale. They they can't find, right now at least, they haven't been able to find a trade partner for Ennis Cantor. That could hmm. be interesting. Yeah, that could be. You know what that would remind me of? It would if he if he got bought out and Cantor came to Dallas, would that not be similar to when they got Amari Stoudemire? Just as far as like the the style, you know, all offense, not much defense. You know, could be a spark plug off of the bench. I mean, I, I feel like there's a there's a connection you can make there. Yeah, no, I, I, I that's exactly what I'm going for here. I mean, they. They need some scoring off of that bench. They really, really do. I mean, I know they added these guys from New York, but you got to think Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be in the starting lineup going forward. You got to think that Dorian's probably going to have to be in the starting lineup going forward, especially with Barnes gone. So, like, what does that really leave you on your bench? You got to add some scoring. So, Ennis Cantor is a name that could be really interesting, especially if they're starting Maxi. Another one. That I just came across, which I mean, I'd never really been a big fan of the guy, but hit me as, as, as soon as you put on a Mavs uniform, you're my best friend. Um, Ryan Anderson, just get a hmm. guy that can shoot some threes on a on a cheap deal. See what happens. I mean, and again, we're talking buyout market, so we're assuming. We're, we're we're saying the Mavs team as currently constructed goes past the deadline uh, tomorrow, and then they're looking to make you know additions that can help them push for a playoff spot. So, ideally, you know, you just mentioned Anderson. I like the idea earlier, you know, of trying to get trying to do what they can to see if they can get a uh, Miritich from New Orleans. That would be ideal, but if not. And say Ryan Anderson does get bought out uh, by Miami. I mean that 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 fits kind of the same mold. Uh, so I, I could I could see something like that. I don't know if they'd do that, but it it makes sense given what their biggest need is right now uh, on that bench. Really, as a team, they they need some more three point shooting. Yeah, they just need somebody to that can come off the bench and hit some shots, man, and. Whether that's Ryan Anderson or I don't know if you know maybe maybe Rudy Gay gets bought out. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, J.R. Smith might get bought yeah, out, I mean, but like keep I that mentioned guy away the defense. Um, I mentioned the defense earlier. How good it's been over this last stretch of games where they've been winning and everything, but uh, the offense has been you know lacking to put it nicely. Uh, it's like tonight against the Hornets, they shot 40% from the field, 
they shot 30% from three, which isn't terrible. They hit a couple of threes. They hit some more threes as the game went on. They started out horrible, but uh, they were 11 of 36 overall. But, I mean, they they just haven't been as crisp offensively as you would like. And a lot of that has to do with, with Luka. You know, like I said, he went 5 of 20 tonight, so that contributes a lot to it. But uh, if they can still win – and only give up, you know, points in the 90s, I'll take it. I'll take an ugly win over a loss any day. But they do – you would like to see them add some, add some offense. And, I mean, they, they don't have to do it before the trade deadline. They don't have to do it in the buyout market. You know, we could – they could just play it out with who they've got and, you know, go after somebody else in free agency. Uh, or multiple people in free agency, maybe some second tier, second tier guys. Uh, so I mean, they, they don't have to do it all right now, but they still have some gaps to fill going forward. Well, uh, we'll we'll end with that. Uh, there's we've had a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, that tends to happen around this time of year with the the NBA trade li- trade deadline. Uh, we've been we've been hashtag blessed this season because we got the the poor Zingas blockbuster a full week before the deadline. And then we got some excitement tonight uh, with Harrison Barnes being moved to the Kings and the Mavs creating that cap space. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to talking with you guys next week. Heck, we might even be back on here, you know, tomorrow night if something else big happens, but we just want to thank you guys for listening as always. And, Uh, we plan to bring you the best content we can going forward. Yeah, um, and keep your eyes tuned to DallasBasketball.com. We're going to be all over this trade deadline stuff as it keeps going, so um, just keep your eyes peeled there and tell your friends to like and subscribe and rate us on iTunes and all that good stuff. Yeah, and uh, again, if you like the the new – intro which i'm sure you do i don't know how you couldn't uh you can look up andrew bishop aka drew pock you can look him up on twitter it's at drew 32 all day uh he's got his audio mac link in his bio there you can check out his other music really talented dude uh just give him a listen give him some support because like i said he's part of this uh the step back podcast team and I mean, we just we can't thank him enough for uh, blessing us with this with this new intro. So we really appreciate him, and again, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next time. Only the real gon' float, man, for real. You either sink or you float. Only the real gon' float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.